Five essential necessities for revival. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Psalms 85 verse number 6. Have you found it? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Go with me to Acts chapter 3. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified Classic. Acts chapter 3. We're going to read verse, verse number 19 in the Amplified Classic. Acts 3, verse number 19. Five essential necessities for revival. So repent. Change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God. That your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean... That times of refreshing, I won't say refreshing. I believe that's what revival is. Times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat. Of reviving with fresh air. May come from the presence of the Lord. I believe revival is God refreshing you. So many people are being through the heat of life. And they need revival. Revival is God refreshing you. I believe the Lord wants to refresh the church. And I'm talking about the global church. And I believe God wants to refresh each believer. So revival is God refreshing the believer. Refreshing is going to come. I said refreshing is going to come. Can someone say amen? amen? I believe revival is swimming against the religious current next Sunday you're going to listen to our revivalists our Bible school students and we have themed it River Bible Institute revivalists a revivalist is someone that swims against the religious flow a revivalist is someone that goes against the religious norm A revivalist is one who fashions his or her life according to the book of Acts. Can someone say amen? amen? And I believe that is what God wants to do in each person's life. To raise you up and to use you. We live in the last days and God wants to raise us up and God wants to use us to bring a change. A revivalist is one who brings a change. A revivalist who is one who is not satisfied with the status quo. A revivalist is one who says, I want to see God move. And if you begin to cry out to see God move, guess what? God will move. And guess what God's going to do? God's going to use you. Can someone say amen? amen? A revivalist is one who swims against the religious stream. The religious current. The religious flow. Because you see, every dead fish flows down the stream. I say every dead fish will flow down the stream. But it takes a fish that's alive to swim against the current. And that's who a revivalist is. A revivalist is one that will swim against the current. And I'm sure that there are revivalists in this place this morning. Amen. Men and women that are not satisfied with what is happening. Men and women that will say, God, set me on fire and use me to your glory. Amen. Men and women that are hungry to see the move of God in their town. Amen. Men and women that are hungry to see the move of God in their city. Amen. Men and women hungry to see the move of God in their nation. Amen. Do we have people like that here today? I believe that God wants to raise each of you up and God wants to use you to bring about a change. Amen. Things will not remain the same. Amen. When God touches a man, God will use that man to his glory. Amen. And this church is a place where God touches people and God will raise them up and God will launch them out Amen. to bring about a change in society. Amen. And we need to see the move of God in these last days. Amen. Can someone shout amen? Amen. The Bible says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And you and I live in the latter house and the glory of this house is greater than the glory of the former house. 
There are five essential necessities for revival. Essential necessity number one, repentance. Repentance. I want to say repentance. repentance. You see, we talk about the Welsh revival of 1904 that was led by Evan Roberts. He began to cry out to God to bring revival to Wales. His first sermon was entitled, Four Conditions to Revival. That was his first message. Four Conditions to Revival. And one of the major conditions that he gave to them was repentance. Repentance from all sin. Repentance from how many? From some? From all. Repentance from all sin. You see, the Welsh revival was like a blanket of God's glory covering the land. But you see, God's glory comes when people have sacrificed their hearts to God totally and completely. That is why when you read under the old covenant, when they truly sacrificed, the glory of God came. And what God is looking for today are men and women whose hearts are totally and completely sold out to God. That there is nothing in your heart that will hinder the move of God. Because God does not just want to use you to bring revival, but God wants to change you first before he can use you to bring revival. And I believe the reason why people don't see revival in their respective places is because People's hearts have not been totally and completely sold out. And repentance has not taken place. But in the Welsh revival, repentance was a big deal. The man who led that revival preached his first message. And one of the major things he talked about was the need to repent of all sin. Of all sin. And I'm talking about revival in your personal life. But I'm also talking about revival in the church. Because if you don't have revival in your personal life, how can you carry revival to other people? So revival comes when people truly, I want to say truly, truly repent. That you get rid of all the games that is played in the church. That people are honest, not double-tongued, not two-faced. But honest with God. And allow God to do the work that needs to be done in their hearts. Because when God does the work in you, then God can do the work through you. Can someone shout amen? Amen. So in the worst revival, it was like a blanket of God's glory that covered the land. People walked around, they were crying because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When the one that's leading the revival is truly repentant. Guess what? Nothing will hinder the glory of God from moving. Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. And so what God has done in your heart, God will begin to do through you. God will begin to impact the lives of other people as you minister to them. In actual fact, as you come close to them, what God has done in you will begin to reflect and begin to touch them. We even heard the story of uh, Smith Wigglesworth, who got on a train. I mean, we, we, we heard that when he got on the train, two Catholic priests that were sitting there before he arrived got up and left. They looked at him and they said to him, your face convict us of sin. Two Catholic priests. Walked out of the coach because this man of God that lived a life of purity walked into the place. You see, when you live a life of purity, guess what? The power of God will easily flow through you. Can someone say amen? Amen. Listen, God wants to use clean vessels. I mean, let's let's just get this once and for all. God wants to use clean vessels. And unfortunately, we, we, we have a people today in the body of Christ that does not understand what I just said. Where you drink from is very important. You didn't hear me. I said, where you drink from, it's very important. You said, but it's water. Yes, it is water, but it's contaminated water. And contaminated water will affect you big time. It will make you sick. 
That is why you see so many are sick in the church. And I'm talking about spiritually sick. Because they've been drinking from the wrong spring. Are you listening to me? Oh, Pastor God, well, it does not matter. No, it matters. The Bible says, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands and what? And a pure heart. You see, it is that person that can carry the glory of God. It is that person that can carry revival. I mean, the glory of God was so strong when, the, when, when this happened in Wales that they, they even had to, 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 to lay off some policemen because they did not need too many policemen. Why would you need Policemen, when everyone was doing the right thing. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You don't need policemen when everyone is doing the right thing. The reason why you need a lot of policemen is because some people are crazy. Right? They do crooked things. They steal. They bribe. They, you know, they kill people. They rape. All kinds of crazy things. That is why you need policemen. To maintain law and, and order. But when people are lawful and people are living orderly. Why do you need policemen? If you know what I mean. Can someone say amen? amen? So in Wales, they had to lay off some policemen because people were living right. See, when God comes and touches a man, God changes that man. Amen. All things will pass away. All things will become new. The nature of God will be planted in the heart of that person. God will pull out of you the heart of stone and put in you the heart of flesh. Come on now, say amen. amen. Because the nature of God is in the believer, the believer would live like God. And God is holy. And God is righteous. And because the believer possesses the nature of God, the believer also lives a holy life. And that needs to be preached today. Can someone say amen? amen? See, sin and revival does not mingle. It's not going to work. If God even pours out his spirit and there is a move of God, it will be contaminated. And we don't want contamination. We want it pure. Can someone shout amen? amen. I said we want it pure. Amen. We don't want it contaminated. Amen. We want it clean. Amen. We want to drink from a clean spring. Can someone shout amen? amen. Want to clean, drink from a clean, a clean vessel. Can someone shout amen? amen? So revival is important, but revival comes when people truly repent. Listen to what Peter said to them here in Acts chapter, chapter 2. Repent. Repent. Everyone say repent. repent. See, that's what he said to them. He says repent. Acts 3 actually. Repent. Change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return. So what does it mean to repent? To repent means I'm walking this direction and the Lord convicts me that what I'm doing is wrong and the direction is wrong and what do I do? I stop and I ask God to forgive me and I turn around. I want to say turn around. Because the word repent means to turn around. But you see some people, they're coming this direction and the Lord comes to them and convicts them. They stop. They confess, but they continue. You see, that is the reason why so many that have come even into this place that have been touched, they roll on the floor. They shout, they scream, the fire of God falls upon them. They laugh in the spirit. With all these things that have happened in the lives of some, I'm not saying all, in some, you don't see it translate into a change. Why does it not translate into change? The reason is because they refuse to repent. You've got to understand that when God begins to touch you, God will begin to put his finger on some things. It's getting quiet in this Pentecostal church. God will begin to put his finger on some things. And when God puts his finger on these things, you have to go to God and say, Lord, I admit. I admit. I take full responsibility. You're not going to start making excuses. 
Lord, I take full responsibility. This is a problem. But I know by grace I will overcome. And guess what? The Bible says God will give grace. To who? To the humble. But God will resist who? The proud. So what God wants us to do is to admit that this is a problem. And we ask for grace to change. And guess what? When you admit it's a problem, when you take full responsibility and you ask God to give you the grace to change, God will pour out his grace profusely. The Bible says, and he giveth more grace. Amen. And what is grace? I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Grace is not the big cover up for sin. This is what a lot of people think grace is. Grace is not the big cover. I can sin, God will forgive me because we live in a dispensation of grace. Yes, we live in a dispensation of grace, but grace is not the big cover for sin. Grace is the empowerment from God not to sin. Grace is God enabling you to live the life that He's called you to live. Can someone say amen? amen. Paul asked the question, shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound. He responded to the question by saying, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live therein any longer? Can you see what grace does? Grace empowers you. Grace enables you. Shall we continue in seeing that grace may abound? No, no, no. You cannot think about grace like this because that is the wrong idea of what grace is. Grace is the empowerment that comes from God that will enable you to live to the glory of God and to overcome every temptation that the devil throws at you. Amen. Paul said, I am what I am. By the grace of God. He was nothing without the grace of God. He was who he was by the grace of God. Not because of his education. Not because he was a Pharisee. Not because he studied under Gamaliel. Not because he had all these accolades. All these accolades. No, because of the grace of God. He was who he was. So you and I can do absolutely nothing without the grace of God. It is the grace of God that empowers us. It is the grace of God that strengthens us. It is the grace of God that enables us. So we are not here throwing out some religious rules and regulations. I'm here to say to you, you cannot live the Christian life by, without the grace of God. Only by the grace of God will your life please Him on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday. If you believe it, give the Lord a big shout of hallelujah. Come on now, say amen. The grace of God. That's how to live. I believe that anyone that God uses must learn to tap into the grace of God daily. When you tap into the grace of God daily with an understanding that God's grace empowers us. That God's grace that made Paul who he was. In actual fact, he also said, he said, I worked harder than all the apostles that were before me. But it wasn't I that did all these things. It was the grace of God. So that means the grace of God enables us, empowers us, strengthens us. Come on now, say amen. amen. By the grace of God, there comes an acceleration to live the life that brings God glory. There comes an empowering to live the life that brings God glory. So I want to declare over you that from this day forward, you shall begin to see and to know the grace of God like never before. Amen. If your amen is the loudest, then you are the one I'm talking to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's tap into grace. Tap into grace. Let's stop making excuses. Oh, I'm like this because of what happened 20 years ago. Oh, I'm like this because of what someone told me. Oh, I'm like this because of that when they gave birth to me, they dropped me on my head. Listen, what happened, happened. The Bible says if a man is in Christ, he is a new creation. I'm here to tell you, if you are a child of God, you are a new creature in Christ. Amen. Come on now, say amen. Amen. You are not that person that was dropped on your head. You are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. Can someone shout amen? amen. 
In Galatians 2.20, the Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. Who lives in you? It's no longer I that live. So I'm not struggling to live the Christian life. I'm yielding to Christ that is in me. The anointed one and his anointing resides in the believer. The Bible says we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Can someone say amen? Amen. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that live in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the grace of God. Or by, really, if you think about it, I live by the faith of God. Come on now, say amen. amen. I live by faith. I live by grace. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So the nature of God is in the born again child of God. You see, until you are born again, you cannot live for God. You can do everything you can in the natural. It's not going to work. Even the nicest people are not pleasing to God. Because your good works are like filthy rags before God. You, you Listen, you think, people like, you think God accepted you because of the good things you did? No, you had nothing to offer to God. Jesus offered you everything. Amen. The Bible says, by grace are you saved. Through faith, it, it's not your works, it's the gift of God. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Tell somebody, I got a gift. And Jesus is the gift. And his grace is the gift. His mercy is the gift. If you believe it, shout your loudest amen. Hallelujah. So I have been crucified. You've got to reckon yourself dead. Dead. That one said dead. I don't know the last time you went to a mortuary or to a mug. But if you go into a mug and you hit the, the cops there, the body that's been lying there for a week, or a few days. Guess what? They will not respond. Dead bodies don't respond. We have a bunch of people in the church today that responds. Because they have no concept and understanding that they are dead. I've been crucified with Christ. Come on now say amen. amen. It is no longer I that live. But Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. Come on now, say amen. amen. That's how you must live your life, my friends. Amen. And when you live your life totally and completely submitted and surrendered to God, you will carry revival. You will carry revival. I believe revival is not a touch. Revival is a change. I said revival is not a touch. Revival is a change. Oh, many have been touched. But how many have changed? Revival is not a... Let's say it with me. Revival. It's not a touch. It's a change. So when God comes and God touches you in the meeting. This is another thing we need to clarify. People think revival is a meeting. Revival is not having a meeting. Revival is a change. Revival is God touching you and transforming you. Revival is falling in love with Jesus over again. Revival is waking up the sleeping believer. Come on now, shout hallelujah. Revival is waking up the sleeping church. Awake, O thou that sleepest. Come on now, say amen. amen. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God is risen upon you. Amen. Darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness shall cover the people. But you see, darkness and gross darkness will not cover a church that's in revival. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. You are, you are different. In actual fact, you are the light of the world. Amen. You shine in the midst of darkness. Come on, say amen. amen. Tell somebody, I'm a building, I'm a building. On, a on a hill that cannot be hid. That's who a revivalist is. Tell somebody, I'm the light of the world. That's who a revivalist is. So Jesus said, let your light, not let your darkness. You don't have darkness, you have light. Let your light so shine. It's time for you to shine. It's time for you to shine in the marketplace. Amen. Oh, come on now. I'm talking to businessmen and women. The marketplace is the place of revival. Amen. 
It's time for you to take this power and this glory and this fire to the place where people do business. And oh my goodness, you're going to sit there with them and they would know there's something different about you. You won't be speaking in tongues. But when you open your mouth and you speak, the glory of God shall come forth. And the power of God will smack them. They will look at your eyes and they'll see fire burning in your eyes. They'll know that you're different. You're not like the other guy they met yesterday. There's something about you. There is a glow on your face. There is joy on your face. Come on now, somebody shout amen. amen. They look at you and they see you shining like Jesus. Come on, say amen. amen. So let your work, let your, let, your, <laughs> let your light shine before men that they might see. Men must see. They've got to see. Don't tell me I'm a Christian and nobody sees anything good about you. Everywhere you go to, you carry this trouble. You, you carry pressure you carry frustration you carry on no uh, listen somebody that is touched by God is always blessed there is something you carry on your life that begins to rub off on other people come on now shout hallelujah Hallelujah. praise the Lord I said praise the Lord amen say once a repentance that's number one look at this number two Spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger. People have so much to say about the Azusa Street Revival of 1906. But maybe very little is said of how the man who led that revival came to limelight. Williams J. Seymour. A son of slaves, blind in one eye. And at a time in America, blacks could not mingle with white. Restaurants and buses, the crow crow law was in in place. And this, this black man could not even sit in the class with others. But he would stay out the door and peep through and try his best to hear what the teacher was saying. I'm here to announce to you that God can use anybody. Come on now, say amen. Amen. I say God can use anybody. God will actually use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I say God can use anybody. I say God can use anybody. Yes, of course, things are changing. But I'm here to tell you back in the day, it was very tough. But if that man could come through that, That shows me the level of spiritual hunger the man had. Because a lot of people want to make all kinds of excuses why they cannot be in church. They want to make all kinds of excuses why they can't do this and why they cannot do that. But you see, I want you to understand that a man who is truly hungry for the things of God will not make any excuses. The man, a man who is truly hungry for the things of God will press in no matter what stands in his way. So this man was very hungry. And I believe God saw his hunger and his desperation. And God raised him up and God used him mightily. And get ready as you press into God. God is going to raise you up. I say God is going to raise you up. And God is going to use you. It is time to stop making excuses. Come on now, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is time to say, God, whatever it takes, I will pay the price. Whatever it takes, use me. Lord, you want to use somebody in Istanbul? Lord, I'm here. Use me. Lord, you want to use somebody in Europe? Lord, I'm here. Use me. But all, all kinds of things are against you. It does not matter. Listen, you've got to press through the things that the devil throws at you. If you want God to use you, you've got to press through all the stuff that the enemy throws at you. You know why the devil throws the things at you? Because he wants to stop you in your tracks. But listen, if you would not stop, if you would keep pressing into God, you will press into the place where you would touch the hem of his garment. You will press into the place where you will stop Jesus in his tracks. You will press into the place where God will notice you. Listen, these things are spiritual. They do not fall on the laps of 
People with nonchalant attitude. They fall on those that are hungry. They fall on those that say, God, I'm here. You come and touch me. Put your fire on me. Lord, touch me. Put your spirit in me. Lord, touch me. Raise me up and use me for your glory. And when that becomes the cry of your heart, I believe like God saw this man in Azusa Street, like when God saw this man, God put his finger upon this man and God began to use him to his glory. Get ready because God is about to put his hand upon your life and God's about to use you to bring revival to your town revival to your city revival to the nations of the earth God wants to raise somebody up in this place the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run it to and fro the whole earth searching for those whose hearts are loyal towards him that he might show himself strong on their behalf are you the one that God's going to use are you the one that God's going to use are you the one that God has found in this place today if that is you then shout a big amen in the house Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, spiritual hunger is a major ingredient to come into revival. It is what brings you into revival. And listen to this. It is what keeps you in revival. You cannot afford to lose your hunger. Because when you stay hungry, God keeps filling you up daily. Don't be drunk with wine, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, wherein it is excess. But be ye being filled, always being filled with the Holy Ghost. You cannot do without this. God wants to fill you every single day. God wants to impact you every single day. That is the reason why each of us must endeavor to keep our hunger level high. We can't lose it. We can't lose it. I said we cannot lose it. I said we cannot lose it. I said we cannot lose it. It's time to begin to cry out like blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the man lifted his voice again and he cried, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And people said, keep quiet. And the more they told him to be quiet, the more he shouted, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, when you're hungry, you're going to cry out to God. And I don't know where you live, but I'm telling you, God knows your address. And when you begin to cry out to God like that, God will find you. I don't know whether you live in the heart of Turkey or not. I don't know why you live in the heart of Europe or not. Wherever you live, even if it's a village, God will come find you in a village and God will put his hand upon your life and God will raise you up and God will put a fire in your heart and God will put his word on your lips and you will go out to the nations and God will use you to shake the kingdom of darkness and shake men out of the bondage of the devil and bring them into the kingdom of God. Amen. Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. It is time for you to begin to cry out. It's time for you to begin to say, Jesus, I am here. Jesus, I am here. And I'm telling you, when you're pressing to God, God will press in back to you. When you say, God, touch me, God will come and touch you. When you say, God, use me, God will use you. Jesus Christ said, if you ask the Father to give you bread, the Father will not give you a stone. When you ask the Father to give you fish, the Father will not give you a snake. When you ask the Father to give you the Holy Ghost, the Father will not give you a demon. So it is time to begin to cry out and say, God, I'm here. Lord, I want you to touch me. Lord, I want you to use me. Lord, I want you to impact my city, impact my nations, my nation, because I'm, I know God wants to use you. I know God wants to touch other people. I know God wants to heal the sick. God wants to raise the dead. God wants devils cast out of many. And God wants to use you to do all these things to the glory of God. I'm telling you in these last days, many, many shall be raised up and many shall be used to the glory of God. And I believe some of them are sitting here this morning. If that is you, then shout your loudest. Amen. Hallelujah. Spiritual hunger is number two. The woman with the issue of blood. She was very hungry. Everything was against her. She had many reasons not to go touch the hem of Jesus' garment. The Bible says that she was bleeding for 12 years. Obviously, she was very weak physically. 
The Bible says she spent all she had. She did not get better. Rather, she grew worse. She must have been ostracized. Nobody wanted to talk to her. Nobody wanted to be with her. She had everything and everyone working against her. Her health was failing. Listen, that woman could just sit there and lick her wound. That woman could just sit there and say, listen, I'll just die like this. This is my lot in life. Nothing good will ever come out. Nothing good will ever show up. Nothing good will ever happen to me. But the Bible tells us that she heard. Everyone say she heard. She heard that Jesus was passing through town. Can someone shout hallelujah? And I'm here to tell you Jesus is not passing through this place today. Jesus is here to stay. Hallelujah. But in that, in her case, Jesus was coming through town. And when she heard that Jesus was coming through town, she said, I must go. Everyone said, I must go. The woman made a decision that she would not sit there and lick her wounds. She was going to get up and she would go and touch the hem of Jesus' garment. She made a decision and her decision was strong. She was hungry. She was going to be blessed. And when she stepped out, all kinds of things were against her. The people were against her. The society was against her. Her pain was against her. All that she had lost was against her. All that the devil had done in her life were against her. She must have been in a place of really total despair. But she decided, this is my day. Something is going to happen to me. I'm going to receive my miracle. I'm going to be touched by God. In, in actual fact, she said, I'm going to touch him. Come on now, shout hallelujah. So hunger, spiritual hunger is coming to touch Jesus. Spiritual hunger is sneaking behind the crowd to grab a hold of the garment of Jesus. And so this woman came and she had to, the Bible says she had to press through the crowd. I want to press through the crowd. You want to have a breakthrough? You've got to press through. You want to have a breakthrough? You've got to press through. Because I'm telling you, the devil will not fold his arms and see you have a miracle. You've got to press through. You've got to say to the devil, today is my day. I don't care what the devil throws at you. You're going to say, today is my day. I don't care what the devil tells you. You're going to say, today is my day. And today, I'm going to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. For I know, everyone say, I know. The woman said, I know that if I can touch the hem of his garment, hallelujah, she knew that her sickness would leave. Can someone shout amen? And the Bible says she came and she pressed through the crowd and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And when she did, the Bible says virtue, power, dunamis flowed out of Jesus and flowed into the woman. And when this power flowed into the woman, the Bible says that her blood dried up instantly. The flow dried up instantly the woman knew in her body that something has happened to her and Jesus knew in his body that something had left him can someone shout hallelujah it is time for you to carry the power of God that is so tangible when people come around you the power of God will be so tangible the glory of God will be so tangible people will be touched just by sitting around you people will be impacted just by talking with you because you carry the glory of God that is so tangible that can be transmitted from one person to another. Yes, Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah? You say it's time to get hungry for this. Amen. I say it's time to get hungry for this. Amen. It's time to get hungry for this. Amen. You've got to be dissatisfied where you are. Somebody might say to me this morning, Pastor God, well, God touched me, touched me in years gone by. Well, that is over. God wants to touch you again. Amen. I said God wants to touch you again. Amen. Pastor God, well, I was touched five years ago. Maybe it leaked out. But I'm here to say to you that God wants to touch you again. And the Bible says faith is now. God wants to touch you again now. God wants to impact you again now. God wants to turn your life around now. God wants to give you a breakthrough now. God wants to raise you up now. And God wants to use you. I'm telling you the work must be done. To the glory of God. And God wants to raise up the right bunch. And I believe they are here this day. Ah, oh, that amen is very weak. Amen. I say that amen is very weak. In actual fact, amen. that amen needs prayer this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, people come up with all kinds of reasons why they cannot press in. Because of this and because of that. 
God does not use spectators. God will use participants. We are not here to spectate. We are here to press in. And if you can press in, I'm telling you, what does it mean to press in? You begin to decide in your heart that I'm here for a touch. I'm here to, to see a change. I'm here to be impacted. I'm telling you, people have come to the place where they just stroll into church and stroll out. We're not, we're not to stroll in and stroll out. We're to come with a hunger. Do you know that today can be the day for you? I said, do you know today can be the day that has been written up in heaven? That when he comes into the river church on this specific day, to this specific service, I'm going to do something big in his life that will launch him into the next place. Amen. Oh my goodness, that amen is so weak. I said, do you know that today might be the day that's been written up in the diaries of God? That when he or she comes into the river today, something big will be unleashed. Amen. But you've got to come with a hunger. You've got to come in faith. Notice the woman with the issue of blood said, today I know. She knew that something would happen when she touches the hem of Jesus' garment. I'm here to ask you this morning, do you know that something big is about to happen in your life? Amen. Do you know that God is about to turn your life around? Do you know that God's about to put his mighty hand upon your life? Do you know that God's about to release upon you such glory like you've never known? And you will carry this power and this glory and this fire to your family members. When they look at you, they'll be amazed. They will not even recognize you. You will not even recognize yourself because you think you've died and gone to heaven. Because of the change that God is about to bring into your life today. Can someone shout hallelujah? God's, God's about to shift somebody from where they are to God's divine purpose for their lives. There's coming a shift. I said there's coming a shift. I said there's coming a shift. I said there's coming a shift. In actual fact, I prophesy, today will be the weakest you've ever been in the spirit. I said today will be the weakest you've ever been in the spirit. I decree and I declare you're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty woman of God. You're a man of the word. You're a man of the spirit. You're a woman of the word. You're a woman of the spirit. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the old armor of God that you may be able to withstand the tricks and the tactics and the schemes of the enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But I'm here to tell you there are victors in the house today. There are victors. I'm telling you, you are not the tail, you are the head. You are not beneath, you are above. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. You are not the darkness of the earth. You are the, you are the light of the world. Amen. And it's time for your light to shine. It is time for your family to see that God's hand is upon you. It is time for your village to see. Some of you will go to your village. You will pack out the village center. And oh my goodness, your king will come. Amen. Your chiefs will come. Amen. The people in the neighborhood will come. Amen. The entire village will come. Amen. And I see the entire village shaking by the power and by the glory of God. Hallelujah. Get ready. You will go back. I'm telling you, some of you will go back to the same place where you were raised up from. Oh my goodness, nobody knew you. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with you there. But because of the touch of God, when you go back, they will look at you. They will be amazed. They will not even recognize you. When you go back there, you're going to pack out the whole place. Can someone say amen? amen. And people shall come from everywhere. And they will say, is that you? Is, that, is he the one talking? Uh, uh, is, that, is that her? Is she the one talking? And if they get the chance to talk to you face to face and one on one, you would say, no, it's not me. It's the Lord. It is the glory of God that dwells within me. That, is, that does the works. Can someone say amen? amen? Get ready. It's time to do the works of Jesus. I say it's time to do the works of Jesus. You are so, you, you're going to be so hungry for God and God will begin to raise you up to do the works of Jesus. 
Come on now, John 14, 12. He that believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Get ready to do the works of Jesus. And Jesus said, you are not just going to do the works that I do. You're going to do even greater works than I do because I go to my Father. And the reason why you're going to do greater works than the things I do is because I've gone to my Father and I've sent you the mighty Holy Ghost. Can someone shout Holy Ghost? Hey, the mighty Holy Ghost has been released, has been poured out. And you and I must understand we live in the dispensation in the era of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit has been poured out and anyone who is hungry for the Holy Spirit will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Will not just be filled with the Holy Spirit, but will be used by the Holy Spirit. Can someone shout amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell three people, Pastor God is talking to me. I said, tell three people, you told one person. Tell three people, Pastor Godwell is talking to me. He's referring to me. I'm the one that God will use. God will use me. God will use me to shake my village. God will use me to shake my town. God will use me to shake my city. God will use me to shake my country. God will use me to shake the nations of the world. Come on now, say amen. Amen. I feel like I'm preaching to the right crowd this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. From today, don't let anything stop you. Oh, Pastor Cardwell, you know the situation that's happening in the economy. Oh, Pastor Cardwell, you know the stuff that's happening in my family. Oh, Pastor Cardwell, you know the news that I got last month. You're going to be so hungry for the things of God. Your spiritual hunger will supersede whatever the enemy does. Nothing will stop you. I say nothing will stop you. I say nothing will stop you. And I'm telling you right now, if the devil cannot steal your hunger for God, the devil cannot touch you. If the devil cannot steal your hunger for God, the devil cannot stop you. If the devil cannot steal your hunger for God, the devil cannot stop the plan of God for your life. Come on now, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you stay hungry for God, I'm telling you, God will come through for you every time. Yeah, of course, the enemy is going to throw some things in your way. But I'm telling you, if you don't back up, if you don't back down, if you don't cave in, if you don't throw in the towel, you keep pressing, you're going to press and you're going to press through. The Bible says don't be tired of doing the right thing. Don't give up your hunger. Don't give up your hunger. Don't give up your hunger for God. Don't give up your hunger for God. This is what brings you into revival. This is what keeps you in revival. Don't become complacent. Don't get used to this. I was touched last month. And so, be touched again today. Come on now, say amen. Amen. Be touched tomorrow. Be touched on Tuesday. On Wednesday. In actual fact, it has to be a daily thing where God touches you on a daily, daily basis. And I'm also here to say to you, if the only time you get touched is when you come to church, I'm sorry. Something is not right. God wants to touch you in your bedroom. I said, God wants to touch you in your bedroom. God wants to touch you in your bedroom. Come on, say amen. God wants to touch you in your kitchen. God wants to touch you in your living room. Can someone say amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. When was the last time you opened the Bible and you jumped up and said, My goodness, something is good in this book. There's something about this book. Hallelujah. When was the last time you were praying? And oh, suddenly, here comes in the glory. It rolls right in and it it envelopes you. When was the last time you, you wept before the presence of God? These are experiences in God. That many people have lost because they've become used to this. You will never get used to this in Jesus' name. It's going to be an adventure. You never get used to this. Every day is an adventure. Come on now, every day is a new level. Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. The Bible says that you will go from glory unto grass. (laughs) I'm preaching good now, say amen. Amen. The Bible says you go from glory unto glory. That's what my Bible tells me. You go from glory unto glory. Come on now, say amen. Amen. 
Not from joy to depression, but from joy to joy. Even to more joy. From victory to victory. Not from victory to bondage, but victory to victory. Freedom to freedom. Come on now, say amen. Amen. You are not the one needing deliverance because you've been set free. But you have a lot of Christians today running around looking for deliverance. Why? Because they are mingling with the wrong stuff. And if you touch the wrong stuff, the wrong stuff will touch you. Keep your hunger. Tell your neighbor, keep your hunger. You know what hunger is? It's a burning desire for God. That's what spiritual hunger is. It is this desire in you. It is this unquenchable desire that's in you. It's burning. It's driving you. It's pushing you. This is a hunger that drives you to the word. This is a hunger that will cause you to read chapters in a day. Not pulling your Bible off the shelf and dusting it on Sunday morning. It's so dusty because you've never read it for six days. This is a hunger that causes you to go down on your knees to pray. Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Come on now, say amen. 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 This is a hunger that causes you to fast. This is a hunger that will cause you to push the plate away. And say, I'm not eating this whole week. I'm going to press into God. Things must change. In In other words, enough is enough. It's time to say enough is enough. I'll never be like this ever again. The devil is taking advantage of you. The devil is trying to stop you in your tracks. I'll never let it happen. Come on now, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to be so angry in your spirit. It's called holy indignation. I'm angry in my spirit. And this is hunger. It is hunger. I'm angry in my spirit, angry at what the devil does. Angry to see blind eyes. Angry to see people demon possessed. And no power to set them free. It's time to press into God. It's time to say, Lord, I'm the one. You must use me. Come on now, say amen. Amen. It's time to say like Isaiah, Lord, here am I. Send me to the people. You want to set them free? I am here. You want to set, cast devils out? I am here. Use me. This sign shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. How many Christians are casting out devils? Many are running from devils. It's time to cast devils out. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up snakes. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. The sick shall recover. It's time to see these things happen. Come on now, say amen. Amen. But these things don't come to spectators. These things will come to those that are hungry. Those that are pressing into God. And those that are saying, Lord, I am here. You find me. And I'm here to tell you that when you cry out like that, God will find you. I say, God will find you. I say, God's going to find you. I say, God is going to find you. And when God finds a man and God finds a woman, God will put his hand upon that person and God will use that person to the glory of God. And nations and cities and towns and villages will be shaking to the glory of God. You know we live in the last days, don't you? Right? As you see what's happening globally. The rate of suicide is at an all-time high. Two years of COVID. The pandemic designed to shut the, sh- the church up. Designed to, 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 to keep us at home so that we don't get together. And many did not come through it. But all the stuff that happened, listen, it was never from God. Stuff like that don't come from God. God is light. In him there is no darkness. So God does not give sickness. God does not give people a virus to teach them a lesson. Instead, God wants us as the church to rise up and push back on that wicked tide of the devil. That's the reason why the strategy was to keep the church at home. So that the church would not get together. And if the church does not get together, believers become weak. 
Believers become weak. I talked to pastors. I talked to pastors. They told me many people did not return back to church after the COVID. It's a fact. You know it's a fact. Why? Because the devil's strategy was to take them out. And the devil did. But the devil will not take you out in Jesus' name. Amen. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. <laughs> Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. hallelujah. Number three. The right company. The right what? The right company. What are we looking at today? Five essential necessities for revival. The right company. Nothing. Listen to this. Nothing puts out your fire quicker than the wrong person with a wet blanket. The devil will attack your spiritual hunger. He will use people to try to put out your fire with their wet blanket. And this is the, this is the, this is the strategy of the, the devil. He has used it for a very long time. It's either, listen to two ways he operates to get you to lose your fire, to lose the revival that God has given to you. He will bring the wrong people into your life and they start speaking. And they put a wet blanket over you and it will quench the fire. That's number one way. Number two way, he tries to get people out. Away from the fire. Think about if you go to the, to the bush or the wild and you light a campfire. Now while the campfire is burning, wild beasts will stay away. Why? Because the fire is a threat. Is that correct? They don't want to come near the fire. So the fire, though, this campfire that's burning big and bright, it's number one protection for you that is sitting around it. Protection from all the elements. Protection uh, from all the wild animals in the forest. They stay away from fire. They don't want to come near it. But you sit beside the fire and you are protected. And here comes the enemy. Now he doesn't bring somebody, but instead he begins to talk to you directly. He tells you to walk away from the campfire. You know why he wants to isolate you? That he might destroy you. Because when you walk away from the campfire, the farther you go, the colder it gets. The farther you go, the more dangerous it gets. And you're going to be so far away from the fire, this big fire that was there, the fire has always been there. The fire never moved. You moved. So you get so far away from the fire, and then you begin to wonder, why am I cold? What's attacking me? What's wrong with me? You've stayed so far away from the fire. The fire has always been there. It's still there burning. But you are the one that's away from the fire. Now watch this. Because you are away from the fire, you are exposed. You are exposed. So being in the right company is important. Say with me, the right company. Very important that you have the right people around you. You've got to maintain solid quality Godly relationships. This is important to stay in revival. I've seen some people come here and they get touched by what God does in this place. And they go back to their religious church thinking to themselves, well, if I go back, I'll change the church. No, you are not the pastor there. You can't change it. You have no authority in the place. How can you change a place where you have no authority over? In Acts chapter 4, the Bible tells us that when Peter and John were threatened by the religious leaders of their day, what did they do? The Bible said they went back to their own companions. You've got to have the right people in your life. I say you've got to have the right people in your life. 
The house of God, the church is a community of fired up believers. Not icicles, but people that are on fire. And find the right people and connect with them. Stay in that relationship with the right people because iron sharpens iron. Can someone say amen? amen? I also want to recommend this. Get rid of everyone that can look you in the face and, tell you and say no to you and disagree. If all you've got are people that say yes all the time, you've got the wrong people. I'm just telling you right now. Every time you say a thing, hey, yes, 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 man. You don't want yes men around you. Come on now, say amen. You don't want a, a friend that cannot disagree with you. And if they disagree with you, be a man. People get easily ruffled because they disagree with them. Be a man. Don't get easily ruffled. Come on now, say amen. amen. When a friend disagrees with you, you need, to, you need to look into the issue well. That's one of the things we do here. Pastor Correa and I, we bounce things off of each other. He calls me, hey, Pastor Gordon, da, da, da. we talk about, I call him and I talk about stuff with him. You bounce things off of people, the right people, people that, people that know the voice of God. People that, are, that work in the spirit. Not people that go to nightclubs to cool off on Friday and come to church on Sunday. Come on, I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. Surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with people of faith. Amen. Surround yourself with people that are on fire. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. And go to the right church. Be in the right church. Amen. Is this helping anybody today? Number four, pure hearts and pure hands. You want to stay in revival? You've got to maintain a pure heart and pure hands. In Psalm 24, it says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him. Who seek your face, Selah. Revival is going to bring change. And we have to constantly keep our lives Pure and clean. Motives, pure and clean. Can someone say amen? amen? Number five, the last but not the least, continuous move of the Spirit. You can't say you have revival or you want to stay in revival if you don't have the move of the Spirit continuously. You, we need to have the move of the Spirit continuously. That's why it's our responsibility as leaders in the church to allow the Holy Spirit move always did I say always yeah. did you hear me say always yeah. have I said it enough always always means always in every service you don't want to ever have a dry service you don't want to ever have a service where the Spirit of God does not show up you don't want to ever have that we've got to let the Spirit of God move always in every meeting and even as we talk about this in respect to a church service, we also need to talk about this in respect to your personal life. Can the Holy Spirit move on you every day? Can He move in you and through you every day? Does He want to do that? Is that the will of God for the believer? Absolutely. Then something must be wrong if it's not happening. Because that's what he wants to do. I've discovered the more the Spirit of God fills you, the sweeter you get. 
The more the Spirit of God fills you, the easier it is to deal with problems. So we need people submerged in the Spirit every day. Everyone say every day. Every, day. every single day. So what we do here is when you come on a Wednesday, we lay hands on people and people do carpet time. And you hear me say, the longer you stay under the anointing, the more you change. You've heard me say that, right? Because we need the Spirit of God on people every day. Yes, He lives in me. He lives in you. But listen, Paul, Paul wrote to his son Timothy. He says, stir up the gift. Stir up what? Stir up the gift that is in you. Oh yeah, you have it in you. But stir it up. You've got to stir it up. Once a week? Once a month? No, every day. Stir it up. You've got to let the Spirit of God move in you daily. I heard this story, this was said many years, I was watching, this was I guess over 20 years ago. I was watching Pastor Benny Hinn. At the time he had, this is your day. I mean, if you have seen, this is your day. And then he made a comment that stayed with me since then, over 20 years ago. He said, my mother, when my mother goes to the presence of God or when my mother kneels down to pray, she does not say a word until the presence of God shows up. Does not say one word. If she's sitting or kneeling, she just stays there until the presence of God comes. She does not pray. It's time to be aware and sensitive and create room and practice the presence of God. That every day, it doesn't matter, listen, for those of you in the marketplace, all kinds of things going on. You see all these people running around and walking around and exchange and all this stuff is happening. People are buying and selling. You can still carry the presence of God on your life. You can carry the presence of God. You stir up yourself. You stir up the gift. You stir up the spirit. And live in that place. Don't ever come out. Some go in and come out. Just stay in. Stay in. Many times in the book of Acts, you would see where it says, and Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you read that, it was something that was happening at the time. It was not what happened in Acts chapter 2. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, said, It happened at that time. It was not something that happened in Acts chapter 2 or chapter 4. Did you hear me? Yeah. And Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, said, It happened at that instant. It was full of the Holy Spirit. Or filled with the Holy Spirit. This is how the believer needs to live his or her life. Every day. Every day. We're full of God. I say every day. We're full of God. Every day. We're full of God. I mean my goodness. Peter was so full. They put people out on the streets. Hoping that his shadow would fall on them. You can be full. In actual fact, you can be so full and it begins to overflow. Because God anoints your head with oil and your brimming cup run it over. Someone shout amen. amen. 